You can hear me? Okay, definitely can hear me. All right. Put this right here. God, what would you have me do? Let me have the power to carry out your will. I've said that. I say that every morning. Um, I mean, I say it every morning. Every single morning. Um, I'm going to tell you my story, how I got here. Um, the, I'm a diabetic. My name is Gordon. I mean, nobody says that. Um, and, I, and I'm going to explain that, how that, how that is pertinent to my life and how it relates to my life. Um, I'm going to tell you my story. I was born in Lakeland, um, Florida, and uh, had a great life. I, you know, my parents are loving and caring people. I, you know, we got everything that we needed when I was growing up. I didn't know they didn't have money. Um, I lived later. As, as an adult, I realized how that was. Um, but we had everything that we needed. And, you know, I had loving, caring parents. Um, and we had a great time. I moved up here in 1970. Um, and uh, I had, we came to this church. This is, I'm, I lived right down the street here. We came to this church. Father Sula was the, the, the priest here. And um, when I was little, I hated church. I came here and I loved church. I was at, you know, it was, it was really cool. It was a great church. There's a lot of people here. Um, I was started off as a little torchbearer, you know, and then I got moved up to a crossbearer, you know, the, and then I, uh, Got to be first, second server, and then I got first server, and I got to ring the bell, and you know this was a fun this was a fun place, and this is where I learned God, and um, and I found God here, and it was really neat, and um, and you know I got older, and, and we would serve here on Saturdays and Sundays, just like I do now, and um, and then we'd go to the beach, and we'd have fun, and I think Doctor Loudit was here at like it, you know at seven in the morning, and. You know, that's how long ago this goes back, and uh, it was good. And and when, as I started getting older in my teens, late teens, um, you know, I found drinking um, and, and women, and girls, and that and that became my life. And I really just just went away from the church, went away. And it wasn't that I lost my faith in God; I just lost I was lost my direction. Um, when I was um, my first consequence was I wanted, um, I was going to go to Annapolis for wrestling. I was a wrestler. And, um, and because of my drinking, I wasn't going to school or I just didn't care anymore. So I, I, I didn't get to go to Annapolis to go wrestle with the, the midshipmen. And that was a real disappointment. It was a direct result of my drinking. Um, the, uh, I was a middle child. And I you know, had that middle child syndrome. I always felt I wasn't good enough. I wasn't living up to some other people's expectations. Um, and when I went, um, and, and so I barely graduated from high school. And, my, and everybody says, you're so smart, you're so smart. But you don't apply yourself. Which is true. This is what I did. You know, and those are some of those consequences. I went to Miami and I moved in with my grandparents. They had an electrical contracting business. And... Of course, what I heard from my parents and everybody else was, you'll never be any good. That's not what they were saying, but that's what my filters told me, that I was never going to be up, live up to my older brother's um, the way he was. Um, so I showed them. You know, I really applied myself. I became, I was an electrician. I got my licenses. I 
became a master electrician, ended up getting my license. Um, I, I'm licensed in Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, and, and Texas. I, you know, I, I really excelled. And uh, my brothers and I took this electrical contracting business from a small 10-person shop to a large, the largest electrical service contractor in Miami. Now, Miami's a huge town. I mean, huge. And I am the biggest electrical service contractor there is. Well, when you own a business, at least I thought, when I own a business, if you fail, it's my fault. And if I win, it's up to me. And so what did I do? I started drinking when I did good. And when I was bad, I started drinking. I had no balance. It was either one way or the other. I started to drink. Um... And that turned into doing drugs, too. I had drugs involved in my life. And, um, and I continued to do this over and over again. Um, I got, it just got so bad. Um, my wife had had a, was having an affair for two years, and I found out. And, uh, and it's not that she had the affair. is is because I wasn't paying attention. I was addicted to work. I had a work addiction. I was a workaholic. And I loved it. And I ran all these guys, and I had a hundred people working for me, and I was doing all this stuff, and I was just doing this stuff. That's all I did was stuff, stuff, stuff. But I wasn't living. You know, I was a good parent, um, as good as I could be. I didn't beat my children, all that kind of stuff. But I was, it was involved with work, and that's what I really did. Um, it got my drug addiction and my alcohol addiction got so bad, finally. You know, just like you see on TV, you open the front door and everybody comes in and I got an intervention. And um, so I went to I went to treatment. I got detoxed out. I did my thing. And they said, well, you need to do some long term treatment. And I said, there's no way. I said, I'm Gordon. I'm the most important person in Miami. I'm a big electrical contractor. Miami, I'm Miami needs me. And um, I'm thinking, you know. That's my head. I'm that important. I'm so self-centered. It's always about me. You know, it's always about doing what's right for me. Um, so I, I quit using, I quit drinking for over a year. And, um, but I didn't do what they, they told me. I didn't take suggestions. I didn't go to meetings. I didn't get a sponsor. I didn't work my 12-step program. I just did it Gordon's way. Or Gordon Anonymous is what I called it. And, um, and, and I was just a, still a really angry person. Um, and then I went back to drinking and drugging again, and um, it just, you know, just more and more and more. I went on for another 10 years, and um, the, the last two years of my drug addiction, I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything that really happened. I mean, I was doing stuff. I was working. My business was slowly and slowly and slowly going from 100 people to 80 to 70 to 60 to 10, um, and I didn't care anymore. Drugs and alcohol were my was what I was, that's what I lived for. Um, things were really getting bad at home, around the family. My parents couldn't stand me. Nobody wanted to be around me, not even my employees. Nobody wanted me around, and I didn't want to be around anybody. I went, um, it got so bad that, you know, I have a multi-million dollar house down in the Keys, and I moved down there so I could continue partying and, um, but all I did was sit in the house and drink and do drugs all day. I didn't do it. I didn't go out on my boat. I didn't do any of the fun stuff. 
Um, and I, and I, I knew it was coming down. I knew the cops were getting me. I, was, I couldn't think right. I was, I, it was insane. I'm Really, I was insane. I, was, I couldn't stop. The, every, I made promises. I won't do it anymore. And the next day I would do it again. I couldn't stop. I mean, it was not a willpower issue, per se. I just couldn't stop. I mean, that was my life, was drugs and alcohol. It really got bad. I knew they were, I knew they were coming. I knew my parents were coming after me, my brothers and everybody. So I had, I had my pickup truck, and I knew what I was going to do, because I like to hunt and fish, you know. So I, I got in my truck, and I went down farther in the Keys and found a place I could go live in the woods, in the mangroves, so nobody would find me, so I can continue to drink and drug. And I'm leaving this million-dollar house. That's how important this was to me. I didn't care about being in the air conditioning. I didn't care about showers anymore. I didn't care. It was terrible. Um, long, moving quickly along, I got court-ordered to be assessed if, for drugs and alcohol and being crazy. Not a, it's called a Marchman Act. It's not, it's not a Baker Act. It's a drug thing. And um, I got Marchman Act. Well, I got told, you either going to get Marchman Act or you go to treatment. And I said, you know, I'm done. I think I'm done. I need a break. So I went to treatment. Um, inpatient treatment for 90 days. I had to, by court order, or I go to jail. And then they would see about, it. you don't want to be in jail in Miami. It's not a good place. Um, this makes Orange County look like kindergarten. Um, so I decided to try give myself a break from doing drugs. Moving along, I, I, I found... Um, I, you know, I was going to the meetings, and they were teaching me about some of my bad thoughts and how I was thinking, my stinking thinking, and what I was doing. And um, I, was, I, was, I'm, I will never forget this. Um, it was about a, about a month into my um, treatment, and I was sitting outside under the trees. It was a really nice place. And um, I heard of something. I heard that, you know, I didn't have to do this anymore, that I could stop. You know, if I just give myself a break. God was talking to me. I didn't hear him, but I, I, I heard him. I didn't hear him speak, but I heard him. He said, you don't have to do this anymore. And, uh, my t you know, and so I, I started listening. I started believing that I could change a little bit at a time. You know, and this is hard to stop. Something I've done for 30, I've been, been using drugs and alcohol for 35 years of my life. And I'm just, I'm stopping right now. And it was, it was hard. I mean, you have a physical addiction, but that mental addiction is, is, is the, the monster. Um, my parents, um, I have everything taken away. Not actually, I, taken away. Got no, had no car, no, no money, no nothing. They, they made sure that it kept me isolated from that stuff. And, um, and they just kept me in, enough to keep me, keep me alive. Um, the... I decided to stay longer. I said, I need to stay. It's just starting to work. I'm starting to feel better. I'm, I'm starting to live life. Um, down in Miami, they have three-quarter way. It's like a halfway house, but it's like a step up. And um, they told me, you're going to live in a halfway house. And I said, absolutely not. I'm not going to do this. This is not for me. Two weeks later, I'm living in the hood in a three-quarter way house. I'm... Mr. Gringo, if you're from Miami, which I, I am with heavy Latin, you know, I stick out like a sore thumb. 
and I'm and I don't have a car. I don't. I learned how to ride the bus. You know, I you know I did all these things, and, and I started taking those suggestions, doing what people suggested for the first time in my life. I listened to people and took real suggestions, things that I need to do to make myself to live. Um, moving forward even more, um, I I started become awake, become aware of my God, the God of my previous God hated me. I hated God. God was a mean, strike you down kind of person. You know, that's that was my God. That's what I believe. That God was a, a God, I, you know, a God fearing. I can't even imagine that today. God's loving and caring. He loves me. He loves all of us. Um, I found God. God found me. You know, he's been watching over me. I never got hurt. I never got killed. I never killed anybody. He's been watching me for these so many years for what I think I know what he gave me for. Um, I, I finally got a job. I didn't have a business. I had to close my business. I lost all my toys, all my planes, my trains. I lost, you know, I had to go. You know, all those consequences I had to pay, you know. And the more that I had, the more that I had to worry about having to do to keep those things. So I got rid of all that stuff and I focused on me. For the first time in my life, I focused on me. And in the 12-step program, God, it's what, I don't care what 12-step program you're in, it's about, it's a spiritual program. It's not about the drugs, it's not about the alcohol. Those are parts of them, but it's about God. It's always about God. Um, and you know, I made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood Him. Not as you did, not as anybody else did. I have my own God. And my, my, my God has developed greatly in my life. Um, I, I became, I work at Home Depot. Who, you know, come on, Home Depot. I was ready to start working for $10 an hour. I went there and they said, oh, you're an electrician? Oh, we'll pay you three times that much. You know, this is awesome. You know, I walked into a job. Who's watching out for me? This is a God thing. You know, I'm like, these people, you know, I'm not making minimum wage. I'm making excellent money at Home Depot. Because of my past, I was able to do that. And what, I had a chance to come up here. You know, I, I had made amends to my parents. My parents talked to me now. My mom was alive. My dad is alive. At the, my mom was alive at the time. I moved couple years, three years ago, I moved up here. I had a chance to be next, to be with my dad, the person I shunned away for the last 35 years of my life, or 30 years of my life, I shunned him away. I moved up here with him. He welcomed me back into his home. Terry came up after, right after I moved up here a few months, and Terry's a very religious, spiritual person. She says, let's go to church. So what do I say? Well, there's only one church to come to. I've got to come to Good Shepherd. This is the church. And I hadn't been to church in forever. Funerals, that doesn't count. You know, weddings, that doesn't count. Um, and I came here. And the message that Sarah's given me, and I hear in the literature, the li- all, it's the same thing that's in the 12-step program. It's exactly. I listen, I'm picking there. This is what we do every day. I go to meetings. This is the same words. You know, this is the same thing. It's about God. It's about loving and caring for people. 
You know, it's, it's not about me. It's about God and what God wants, to, wants me to do for Him. I live my life beyond my wildest dreams. This is incredible. This is my home. This is my family and God's the most important thing in my life. The most important thing in my life is God and my recovery. Without God and my recovery, I can't have Terry. I can't come to church. I can't ride my motorcycle. Everything revolves around that first thing, which is God, God and recovery. And if I don't do that, I lose everything. And I said that at the beginning that I'm born, I'm a diabetic. Yes, I'm a diabetic. And you know what? What do I do? I exercise, I eat right, I take my medication. I have to do those things or I have consequences. And those consequences on the back end are losing your sight, losing your legs, and dying. Those are not options for me. There is help. And, you know, there's people that want to help you. My groups of Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Sex Anonymous, their pri- our primary purpose is to carry this message that you can recover. We do not have to suffer anymore. We don't have to suffer. And we don't have to cause all that carnage that we cause. The, one of the greatest things that my dad told me the other day was, it's such a joy to have you here in my life. It's like I'm 55 years old. I mean, holy moly! You know, this is this is this is what this is awesome. Um, I'm just grateful. Grace of God, the grace of God has got me here. Thank you.